Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Caruso, left side, Levine. Back to back, Jacks. Zach Levine is dialing it up, folks. He's got a game-high 26. I felt good. You know, they play hard. And playing against Toronto is always tough, man. They play weird defensive, and they've been doing that against us for a while, especially with you know, they did against Debo tonight, yesterday. You know, they did against me last year a couple times, but we, it was a team win. We played hard. I think yesterday they, they, they just were a little bit more physical than us, so... You know, hopefully, you know, today we, we're able to get a little boost from me and, you know, we won the game. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. The Raptors do play weird defense. And it's not just double-teaming DeMar DeRozan the second he touches the ball. It's just odd. What all those guys that are, what it looks like, Victor Wembanyama is like, you're six foot or seven foot eight, and your wingspan is long, and that's every single person. It like, kind of seems like they got five of the same people yeah, yeah. on the court. Do you remember back in the day, Ant, where it was like an NHL game on Nintendo where you could pick from three different guys? It was like a skinny dude, uh, a bigger dude that would like bounce you around, and then like a medium guy. You know, I'm NHL, showing my age. NHL. It was like a hockey, a hockey Nintendo. Nintendo. Oh, we're gonna ask Rob Schaefer. I didn't have a that. lot of experience playing the hockey game. Oh, Nintendo. okay. I knew they existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. So, play. so you could you could pick one of the three guys, and I just feel like the Raptors got all the skinny, like the okay. skinny fast guys right. that are on. That's their that's their squad yeah. right there. Uh, but we get an opportunity to talk about that game and the future of the Chicago Bulls. And joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. And you can catch him on a couple of other places as well. Of course, I'm talking about Rob Schaefer, my guy. Rob, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Okay, you're young, but do you, so you don't remember that game either, do you? No, my eyes are, are glazed over, yeah. to be totally honest with you. <laughs> like, Rob, I, I, I wasn't quite with you on that. Rob's one. like 25. And He's Studs, like you play video games, but you don't know what I'm talking about either, do you? No, I got no idea. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I'm, older, I'm older existed. than I look. I'm older than I look. I just <laughs> want to put that out there. Uh, Rob, talk to me about this bounce back game uh, with Zach Levine. I mean, did you like what you saw from him? Do you, Are you seeing continued progress in terms of his health and his explosiveness? I did like what I saw from Zach Levine uh, last night, just in terms of clearing 30 points for the first time this season. I think he shot the ball well. I think he was slashing pretty well, had a couple nice drives. I still just, the standard that I hold him to in terms of explosion and athleticism is so high because he really is so elite at that end when he is 100% uh, and obviously was, you know, when he was coming up in, you know, into his prime and, and making his last two all-star teams, et cetera. So I still don't think he's 100% in that capacity. I think he would tell you the same thing. 
Uh, all you can hope for is that that is something that's going to come along over time. But he was one of the big takeaways from the game last night, just in the sense that, you know, you guys were talking about the Raptors' funky defensive schemes. They did all the same things to DeMar DeRozan on Monday that they did to him on Sunday, but the difference is the Bulls had another all-star caliber scorer on the court that could burn them, you know, when you do dump out, uh, dump off out of those double teams. Uh, and I also think the Bulls as a team, even beyond Zach, did a good job of adjusting, watching film, learning how to dissect the back end of the rotations when the Raptors do commit so heavily to doubling DeRozan. But they moved the ball a lot better. There were still a lot of turnovers, but there was, there was more payoff uh, for a lot of those ball movement sequences. So Zach was the head of the snake uh, last night, but I think team-wide it, it was a much better offensive effort. How big a deal is it that the Bulls were able to to win second game of a back-to-back, not second game for Zach, but second game for most of them of a back-to-back, but when, when Debo is is attempting single digits in shots? Yeah, I so I think on the surface, Obviously, any game you win or lose in early November, you know, doesn't isn't going to have a ton of bearing on the season long scope. Even though it is a team in Toronto who the Bulls are jockeying for seeding position with, and those head to head matchups could matter. The reason I think that this win on Monday had a little bit more significance than your typical, you know, November regular season game is because as funky as that Raptors defense was on Sunday, and then again on Monday. In some ways, it was a playoff-style defense. In some ways, it was similar, not the same, but similar to what the Milwaukee Bucks, example, for example, were throwing at DeMar in the first round last year. And you saw what happened. A hampered Zach Levine wasn't playing to his full uh, you know, capacity. And the supporting cast was injured, and it was a shallower team last year than it is this year. And they just weren't able to you know, bring the team with it to, to a competitive level in that series for more games than really you know, games one and two. So I think the fact that you got contributions up and down the roster, the fact that the Bulls were able to see DeMar DeRozan only get up six shots, score nine points, and still find a way to put up, you know, 111, move the ball well, shoot the ball well. I think that bodes well for the progress this team is making in terms of being equipped to face higher level competition in a postseason setting. Uh, So I, I think that was one big picture takeaway that makes this a little bit more significant than just any other regular season game. We're talking to Rob Schaefer here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez with Anthony Heron. You know, the Bulls had a friggin' terrible schedule to start the season. And now you're seeing they have two games in a week, which seems odd to, you know, when you're looking at how many games they've had to play, you know, to start the, start the season. So are we going to see Andre Drummond coming back anytime soon? Yeah, he's questionable for tomorrow. So he was a game time decision on. Uh, Monday, so I think there's a chance, you know, questionable in injury report parlance is typically 50-50. I'm sure he's got to go through shoot-around, got to work out pregame again and, and to see where he's at. He, he's obviously got this shoulder sprain that's limiting his mobility a little bit. But given that, you know, there's a game on Wednesday and then not another one until Sunday, I think by the very latest, just based on how it seems like the updates are going, I think Sunday at the very latest he'll be back. And you know, another thing, another aspect of this Raptors back-to-back, I mean, the Bulls got killed on the offensive glass on Sunday. And with Drummond, when you look at his numbers on a per-minute basis, averaging 17, 18 minutes a game, but he's putting up 9, 10, you know, a block or, or a steal per game. Rob, he's the greatest um, he's, he's been, the greatest rebounder of the last century. Remember, that's what he said. Century. 
<laughs> and, 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 and hey, I thought that was audacious too. But the numbers low key back it up when you when you go and look. At, at least the 21st century, maybe not the last 100 years, but uh, but you know you can't deny he's been very productive. And he's that bench unit when all those guys are there swings the momentum of games. You know, at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, whatever stint you want to pick. I expect him to be back by the end of the week, and uh, you know that's obviously a big impact to add to the Bulls when he is. Rob, and that's what actually I was the direction I was going to go in the second unit of the Chicago Bulls. When you're looking at the key differences from last year's teams to this year, you look at that second unit, and that second unit, would you agree, can carry the Bulls to well above what most people are saying is their their win total at sitting at 42? Would you agree that that right there is going to be the difference maker? Maybe. Uh, I do think depth in that respect is a little bit more of a regular season, you know, difference maker than in the postseason. You know, when the Bulls have been, you know, quote unquote healthy this year, and that's without Lonzo Ball, obviously they've been going 11 deep. I don't know if you could do that and be as successful as they've been in a postseason environment because, you know, in the playoffs, it's obviously about, you know, your best players going up against top end talent from other teams. But the depth, it has been enormous in the sense of you do have two veterans in Dragic at the point and then Drummond uh, with his physicality on the interior have been massive upgrades from, you know, the Bulls' primary playmakers off the bench last year and obviously their backup center position last year, which was a revolving door. And the other thing it allows you to do, like, you see, you know, Drummond's been out a few games, Kobe's been out a few games, but that bench hasn't really missed as much of a beat as maybe this team would have last year because they have guys in Caruso, in, in Derek Jones Jr. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Dragic. You know, Dalen Terry comes in and plays a few impactful minutes. They've got a little bit more from my seat ability to weather those kind of knickknack injuries that come up over the course of an 82 game season. And so, you know, that could, I guess, help them get over that win total in a regular season uh, capacity. You know, just, just the ability to have a few more options for Billy Donovan to work with when guys are in and out of the lineup. I'm having trouble interpreting some of these, I'll call them flourishes, from, from Patrick Williams where you know you, you see him being impactful in games. And I'm, I'm continuing to sort of adjust what I feel like the expectation level should be for him. And I, I don't know where to place it at the moment. But he's certainly been impactful at times here, especially in recent games. What, what, what's your interpretation of what we've seen from Patrick Williams so far? Yeah, I think it was a rough start, obviously. And not just a rough start because of the scoring average, the shot attempts. I mean, I'll follow follow Billy Donovan's lead on that and not read too much into the scoring numbers with Pat. But I think even defensively and on the glass, that activity level that you need to see from him and that this team needs just wasn't there for the first four or five games. The last five or six games, I think there's been a noticeable shift in the aggressiveness that he's playing with. And obviously that means you know, driving, uh, you know, winning physical matchups against smaller players around the basket, shooting the three a little bit better, but also rebounding wise. I mean, he's been over five rebounds in his last four or five games, I think. And that's, that's something where you think you just look at his body type and you think that should be a given every night. It really hasn't been for his career. And it wasn't for the first four or five games of the season. It has been lately. Um, So I think what's happening with, with Pat is there's, probably got to be a little bit of a reset of expectations. You know, the baby Kawhi talk, even when it came up originally, it was premature and it's, it's probably unfair expectations to put on him. But I think right now, if you have a guy that's given you 12 and seven, a block, a steal a game, 
and is just filling in gaps, playing actively, defensively, like playing with that kind of Javante Caruso-esque energy or as much of that as he can replicate. I think that's a perfectly useful player and exactly what the Bulls need at that four spot. So, you know, I I know people want this leap from Patrick Williams, but I I don't think he has to be an all-star caliber player to make a big impact for this team. And I think you've been seeing that a little bit more. It's at least the start uh, over the last five or six games. You just have to hope that he continues to build on it. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder about that, Rob. We're talking to Rob Schaefer here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony here. I wonder, like, should Pat be starting? Because you, you, you wonder, you've seen him ex- uh, um, you've seen him excel in situations where he go, he's going up against other twos and other three, third stringers and then doing well in those situations. And then you say to yourself, well, would he be better coming off the bench and maybe having a little bit more confidence? Because I'm not saying that he's forcing the issue, but it's you see it where he's like, all right, they're telling me to be me to be more aggressive. Well, f it, I'm gonna go pull up for 15. You know, right now at, with 20 seconds left in the shot clock, or you know, I'm gonna you know just go ahead and put the ball up or shoot this three instead of moving it. And I wonder if if he were coming off the bench, he might be better suited in that in that role where you bring in a, a Javante who can give you that spark, or maybe even a Derrick Jones Jr. to play that four and be a lanky guy that can get you the offensive rebounds and not be a score first four. What do you think about that? I think there are pros and cons to it. I think the pros are kind of what you just said, where Javante, we know, is complimentary to the Bulls' star players because he started at the four a lot of last year, and it, and he, it went pretty well, you know, relative to expectations. And then you have the side of it where, okay, if Pat was with second unit and playing against second units, would he have opportunity to stretch his wings a little bit offensively? I think those are the pros. Where I've kind of landed on it is I just think the upside of him, if and when he hits, when he's on, is so high that I think he's playing well enough now that you can justify keeping him with that starting group. But Billy Donovan has shown he's not afraid to do this. If it's not working on a given night for Patrick Williams, he'll pull him. And, and he has other options at that four spot to go to in Javante, uh, in Derek Jones, in Alex Caruso or DeMar DeRozan. You want to go super small. Uh, like even take, for example, uh, the second Raptors game, the Bulls got off to about as uh, terrible of a start as you could possibly imagine. You know, Fallon committing turnovers down nine points early in the first quarter. Now, this now Billy's stressed after the game, and I believe this. It wasn't solely about Patrick Williams. Like, he's not the reason they got off to that slow start. But three minutes into the game, Billy calls timeout. He noticed the start was slow, and he threw Javante in there. Um, and then you've got Javante in, a, in kind of a different rotational role than the established pattern. But those things can change over the course of different games. You can change who you're staggering. You can change who you're closing with, uh, you know, based on game flow. I think Pat has shown that he's got a gear that he can flip to over these last few games, but I'm comfortable leaving him in that starting lineup just because of the upside. I think once you make that switch, unless you're really backed into a corner to doing it, it could be something where you can't really go back, you know, from it. And I still believe, you know, no matter what the ups and downs are, I still believe the best version of this team is with Patrick Williams in that role and with him flourishing in that role. They just got to see if they can draw that out of him uh, on a consistent basis. Hayao DeSumo, he's not Lonzo Ball, but you're getting a lot of production from what he brings to the the point guard position. I'm just wondering how how big of a chasm is there between what the Bulls are effectively getting from DeSumo right now versus having Lonzo Ball back and in the starting lineup? Definitely a significant gap. I mean, you know, we can't, we, and we, we've been talking about it since January, right? I mean, everyone knows the impact that a guy like Lonzo Ball has. I do think Billy's decision to ride with Iowa in that starting lineup, though, has been more than justified. 
in the sense that he's probably your best option on the roster to replicate as much as you possibly can. Positional size, defensively, rebounding. You know, he's not always, he doesn't always have the gaudiest assist totals, but he does grab and go and push his pace, which is something that this Bulls team really needs to do uh, to be at their best. Uh, the three-point shooting has been, you know, improved this year, higher volume, higher percentage. Uh, so you like to see that. I don't know what he's at now, but he went into the, Raft, the second Raptors game shooting 40% on four attempts a game. Those are, both of those numbers are big improvements um, for IO and improvements that you'd expect from a guy um, who has developed the way he has so quickly. So I, I still, you know, I still think it's a huge storyline of when Lonzo's going to come back. He is still the key to unlocking this team's ultimate ceiling. But you got to give Io a ton of credit for stepping up the way that he has. You certainly can trust him to consistently contribute in the ways that he does on a nightly basis. And then your mind starts to wander to, oh, man, when and if Lonzo does come back, now you've got him coming off the bench too. I mean, mm. the second unit really – I mean, it, it's already a strength, but that even adds to it more if you start to go down that path. Uh, it's probably too early to do that, um, but it's never a bad thing to, you know, find a guy in the second round and have him develop at the rapid pace uh, that Io has. So there's some some inklings, some reports that maybe it's some positive news from Lonzo Ball. I mean, how much of it is crystallized on a timeline there? Uh, not much. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it certainly was a positive update in the sense that he's progressing Lonzo. I, I, I think the, 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 the gold nugget was that he's uh, running in water, which is something that he hadn't really done before. To me, this has been my stance on it the whole time with the Lonzo situation ever since he sold out in his rehab last time and it was a mysterious summer and now the second surgery. Call me when he's back on the court and sprinting and cutting at full speed because that, that ultimately was the obstacle that he ran into in his last rehab stint that ultimately decided that he couldn't get back on the floor. I think it's great that the vibes are good around the situation right now or as good as can be and that things are you know, apparently moving in the right direction, however fast they are. But until he gets to that checkpoint, it's really hard for me to forecast when exactly he's going to get back on the floor because not only does he need to get to the point where he's sprinting and cutting at full speed, then you got to get him actually back into, you know, practice scenarios. Like, ultimately, whenever he's able to get back on a basketball court, it's going to have been probably a year at least, huh. you know, since he was on an NBA floor. And we know that Lonzo's game is predicated on feel, on being five places at once, sharp movements, push and pace. So it's going to take a lot to get him back to 100%, I think, even if the knee, you know, gets to a place where he can get back on the court. So I'm still in wait and see mode on that. But you definitely can at least say, you know, getting that update was better than, you know, another update that things had stalled out or that he wasn't moving in the right direction at all. You know, it's at least a baby step, but I'm still waiting to, to get too optimistic. I swear to God, man, my heart hurts every time we talk about Lonzo Ball. It's just every time it's just like, ah. Hey, Rob, we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight and giving us some insight on our Chicago Bulls. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Rob, Rob. Schaefer covering the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony here. And when we come back, and you touched on, you know, the, the injuries, not only to Lonzo Ball, but to, to Zach Levine and, yeah. and, and their knees and how it affects them. But you said you have some promising a promising outlook for those two guys because of your own experience, right? Uh, especially with Zach. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to help your heart stop hurting as not, it relates to Lonzo, not, but yeah, not. I have a positive outlook on what's going on with Zach. All right, we'll talk about Zach's knees and Anthony Heron's on the other side. It's 670 to score. Call from mom. Answer it. 
Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I really can't run, can't run or jump. So there's like a range from like 30 to 60 degrees on my knees bent that I have like no force and I can't like, you know, catch myself. So until I can do those things, you know, I, I can't play. So I did rehab. It was getting better, but it was not to a point where I can get out there and actually go out there and run at, you know, full speed or jump. So it's definitely a unique situation. But I mean, you know, the doctors and the Bulls and myself, we're all trying to, you know, figure out what it is. And like I said, we all came to the conclusion that, you know, it's time for surgery. Are you having like everyday pain? Is it something that you're feeling, you know, tweaks in your everyday movement? Or is it only when you're trying to get in there and kind of ramp up into those basketball moves? It's every day, even, you know, going upstairs and stuff, you know, it's still painful. So like I said, it's definitely something I've never dealt with. Even the doctors are a little surprised about it a little bit, but we're all working together to figure this thing out. I feel my heart just turning black as I hear that. Lonzo Ball discussing his knee pain. Yeah. That sucks, man. There's nothing worse than going to the doctor and explaining to them, you know, as a, as a casual, you know, civilian, and you're like, yeah, dude, knee pain, and you're expecting them to go, oh, yeah, it's this, and here, <laughs> take that, and you're going to be fine. But for doctors to look at you and be just as, as dumbfounded as you are, that's got to be some scary Have stuff. Have you ever had any surgeries before? I've had, a, like, an appendectomy. But okay. not like nothing not on like my knees orthopedic, and, like nah, joints or anything. Sprained my ankle a couple times, but no, nah, nothing crazy like that. Appendectomy, huh? Yeah, I know. Wow. I ate some bad meat in Michigan. I went to Michigan State once to go catch a game, and then I, I knew I shouldn't have went to this restaurant. I was like, mm. you know, a Chicago kid. You had a bad Coney dog, and you lost an appendix <laughs> like, over it. Seriously, I've never heard of that. It was a it was a cheeseburger, <laughs> I ate. and I'll never forget because I was like, why am I ordering this damn cheeseburger? And then, you know, I'm a, I don't know anything about, like, medicine or anything. Uh-huh. I'm like, damn, my stomach is hurting. And then it just, the whole, four, like, four-hour drive back, 
I was like, damn near in tears. Man. And I'm like, this isn't right. And then like, yeah, yeah, he went to Greek Town Casino. Next thing you knew, he had no appendix. That was worst, messed man. up, man. That's why I don't mess with Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't. But you, you on the other hand, you yeah, had that surgery. I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna be actually I'm going to Michigan this weekend. I'm gonna make sure I avoid all burgers. Please. Just based on Please do. Please do. Yeah. No, nah, man, I've I've had surgery on both knees, like we talked about earlier Two in the show. Two surgeries on both knees. Yes, yes, on both. And for like for Lonzo, I'm not Here's the positive. Here's the positive I would say about Lonzo Ball's situation where you look at last season and everyone was hoping, wondering when he would come back and and what he would look like when he did and and it never materialized. And then you have this surprising second surgery that happens over the offseason. And, you know, Lee's been fairly forthright about like we just heard the audio that Studs played there. Uh, just with the the amount of pain, the consistency of the discomfort and the lack of mobility that he has, I would say that the good thing is with the fact that he hasn't necessarily, my impression is he hasn't pushed it up to this point. And so whenever, like let's assume Lonzo Ball's career isn't over, at whatever point he steps back onto the court, I'd say that we can probably be confident he will be at full strength once he does, because a lot of times when an athlete gets back out there, there is this question about, are they themselves again yet? Right. What is the shelf life of the remainder of their career? Those sorts of things. My impression is, the way it's played out with Lonzo, when we see him on the court again, it's going to be the full version of Lonzo. Now, he's never played a full season in the NBA before, so, you know, the full Lonzo you get, is it only going to be 30 games of Lonzo? Is it going to be 50 games of Lonzo? You know, whatever. We've seen various forms of that throughout his career, but when he's back, I think we we should anticipate that he'll be back once he actually steps on the court again. In Zach's case, Zach's case is a little bit different, where we did see, and it was in a contract year, like Zach Levine could have, sh- you and I have talked about this, he could have shut it down last season and said, I'm just going to wait and get my money. He knew there was an opportunity there for the team, for himself right. and the team. First time he could make the playoffs, first time he could compete in postseason activity. That carries a lot of weight with me, and I think on the whole it carried a good amount of weight with Bulls fans, but then it does end up affecting the way that when you're playing like a diminished version of yourself, then it affected just the perception of Zach Levine, whether or not he's a a max-level player. You think two seasons ago when Zach Levine was the entirety of the Bulls' playmaking (laughs) as a scorer, as an assist man, you know, you name it. Yes, he did everything two years ago. And so there was no doubt then, like, yeah, that's that's a max player. Watch him go. Then last season, DeMar DeRozan shows up. All right, now he's the the, the, the crunch time player, and Zach's banged up and all those things. So the, the discussion around Zach Levine morphed a bit at that point. Good thing is the Bulls, their medical people, they got together and said, Zach Levine, we're evaluating that knee. All right, you get it cleaned up. We got to remember, though, when they're talking about the term cleaned up, you go in there arth- arthroscopically and do whatever the specifics are of what they did to Zach Levine's knee. But it's on the heels of multiple times where they've gone through procedures that I've been through. Where you're getting PRP, this platelet-rich plasma that they're injecting into your knee, uh, and you know there's been multiple times that Zach, Zach has had his knee drained. Where when you have scar scar tissue in the knee, when you have issues with the cartilage in the knee, that can end up causing inflammation in the joint. Been there, done that. Where then your knee begins to swell up. You have discomfort. Because there's swelling in the joint, this extra fluid builds up, so you get the knee drained, it increases your mobility, but your knee is never structurally the Mm. same again at that point. You don't have the same degree of padding that's in your knee. That's a part of where that platelet-rich plasma Mm. comes into effect. Like I had had one of the surgeries I had on my left knee was a a minor reconstruction that I had from various different 
types of issues I had on the lateral side, the outside of the knee joint. And I, I had, um, like you remember Amari Stoudemire, where he yeah. had uh, one of the procedures he had where it was essentially they drill holes into your kneecap e. to allow more blood to flow through the cartilage of the knee. And then that's essentially supposed to add additional padding to the knee joint because you no longer have as much cartilage in the knee anymore. It's called microfracture surgery. Uh. I, one of the things I had on my left knee was microfracture. It can it can greatly diminish the level of explosion that you have remaining as an athlete because you don't have that padding, that shock absorption right. that's there in the joint anymore. Zach Levine, to my knowledge, hasn't had microfracture at this point, but there are issues with the with the joint, with the cartilage. At this point, though, what I've seen from Zach Levine on the court, this is just me watching him right. play and then just reading the reports on it, so I obviously haven't, haven't seen the, the medical reports on Zach Levine's knee, but just me the, the issues I've had with my knee, the various you know needles I've had in my knees and surgeries I've had on my knees, and then evaluating what I'm seeing from Zach Levine right now. I think it is it makes 100% sense that they're being cautious early in the season, early in Zach Levine's return. And I know a lot of folks, like I've, I've heard Lawrence and Dan talk about it multiple times, that they have a, a concern for Zach Levine uh, discussing just the way he attacks the game at this point and comparing it to kind of the latter stages of Michael Jordan. I think that's a sensible approach. Now, we'll see, you know, what right now we're seeing November, Zach Levine, and as he continues to ramp his game up, as the Bulls continue to ramp Zach Levine up, I'm, I'm going to save some of my evaluation, just like we've talked in, about Justin Fields in detail. I'm Captain Context, and I'm going to continue to watch this play out. I'm not worried about the fact that Zach Levine isn't trying to dunk on people in November. Right. Frankly, if Zach Levine's not trying to dunk on people in March, that's not going to bother me either, as long as he's scoring, as long as he's efficient offensively. I don't necessarily need Zach Levine to play above the rim anymore. I would be concerned if I didn't see a suddenness to Zach Levine's movement right now. But Zach Levine, both with the ball in his hands and you know, now he's not he's not as aggressive off the ball right now as far as like, you know, flashing through screens and, and sprinting the baseline, looking for open shots. Not then, you know, frankly, that, that's not a part of what the Bulls need from him at the moment anyway. But his movement, he's moving with suddenness. He's moving with quickness. It may be below the rim, but you look at the the late season and postseason version of Zach Levine. The movement itself was labored, let alone playing below the rim as opposed to being this above-the-rim Skywalker. His movement was labored late in the season and through the playoffs last year. To me, he's moving very well. Okay. He's just not trying to leap and, and be above the rim with his game, and that may come later on. Could be two things. One, he may feel capable of it, and he's just pacing himself. You know, if you don't want to use the Michael Jordan comparison, use the oh, Kawhi Leonard. It, it, and it makes perfect sense because we've seen it, or Kobe, we, when guys who were Skywalkers early in their career, right. and then you get these orthopedic issues, but your career lengthens, and then your game adjusts. Right, where you can, but you're not dependent on it. And even when you, you know, you look at late, late stage Michael and Kobe, they couldn't anymore. I don't, I don't necessarily have a reason to believe Zach Levine can't right now. Maybe he can't. But my impression is even if he can, it's not necessary mm -hmm. in November. I don't need Zach Levine skywalking in November. Can you play effectively on offense? Can you help the Bulls win games in this version of yourself? 
and and lengthen the longevity of your career. Like it's one he's not D Rose. Right. D Rose losing explosion early in his career, that was a huge issue because that was the that was like 75% of D Rose's effectiveness right. up to that stage of his career. That's not the case with Zach Levine. Zach Levine's game has continued to evolve throughout his entire NBA career. He's a much different, much more versatile player right now than he was the first couple of years in the league when he was winning dunk contests. Right. He is a he was one of the better sharpshooters from three in the league at this point. He is a, an excessive, he's a, an impressive ball handler. He's a much better distributor than he was early in his career. So we're seeing a much more well-rounded version of Zach Levine right now. It's a good thing that he's confident and he can put 30 up without playing above the rim, without being a Skywalker. That's outstanding. Talk to me again in February and March if we're seeing Zach Levine hobbling around or if at that point we're still seeing a Zach Levine is playing below the rim, then I would be I would be a little more concerned with, with the longevity of the knees at that point. But if you're getting an effective Zach Levine in November right yes. now that's playing below the rim, to me, I'm interpreting this as just being by choice right now. And right. I'm cool with that as long as he's playing well, and for the most part, he's playing well. Who cares well. if he's not playing every night? We don't need Zach Levine every night right now. We need the Bulls in the playoffs, and you need a much healthier version of Zach Levine in the playoffs than you had last year. So there may be a stretch that comes where Zach Levine is going to be out there every night and back-to-backs and everything else. That doesn't need to be until months from now. Yeah. Unless the Bulls start to fall way back in the pack and then start to ramp it up and push him a little bit more. But right now, He's just just ascending, just cruising, just kind of working his way into the season a little bit more. I would not be, you know, are there questions to be asked about the knee? Yes. Was it surprising that he had to miss the opening game of the season? Without a doubt. But right now, if Zach Levine is pacing himself and the Bulls are pacing him and he can still be a guy who can give you 25, 30, 35 in games playing below the rim, to me, I'm still seeing a guy who's moving with suddenness and explosion Below the rim. That's the thing. He, he's moving much differently now. Much better now than he was at the end of the season yeah, last year. Yeah, much better. And you're bringing up some really great points because when you're doing that that natural comparison to a guy like D. Rose, you're right. I mean, Zach Levine, I mean, he's just shooting lights out. Yep. And he has been his career, and he's a better shooter than Derrick Rose was where Derrick was shooting in like the 30s from the three-point line. Zach Levine I mean, yesterday, four for eight from the three-point line. I mean, he's consistently living in that space. And when we were talking to Rob Schaefer, I was – you know, Zach is scoring and makes it look effortlessly. Yeah. It, it really does look yeah. that way. And, and you're He's right. He's a rare talent, man. He's Very a rare, rare talent. There's not a lot of guys walking to earth that can score with no. the ease that Zach Levine does. Because you feel every time he shoots that the ball is going to go in. Right. Cause, it cause just looks like, pure. It just looks so smooth. And, and you're right. And it's like, if he doesn't, listen, as, as any Bulls fan would say, well, yeah, I'd love for Zach Levine not to go to the rim so aggressively because we've seen what it's done to guys like Derrick Rose. You are going to get injured. Yeah. We, we, that's why Bulls fans, we, we love seeing a guy like John Morant, but we know <laughs> how that story ends. Yeah. We know yeah. what happens there when you play that viciously in the NBA. And so for Zach to be able to say, hey, yes, I can do that, mm-hmm. but I don't need to do that, especially, right. like you said, at this stage in the season in November. But, yes, come March when we're, we're going to want him to, to ramp up that activity and, and really give us, air quotes, his all at that point. That's what we're going to want to see. Now, let me ask you this, Ann, because mm-hmm. you started the conversation by talking about your knees and what you had went through. Mm-hmm. Again, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. Even though you might not have been at 100%, did you feel – like you were 100% mentally. I, I knew. When I when I got to that point, I knew that I wasn't my same self mm. anymore. Okay. Now, there's there's levels 
But to is that. there adjustments now? Are you in the are you in the weight room now, trying to build more strength so that that way you can kind of you know try to figure out other ways to be effective on the D line? For me, after my, like I like we've talked about, I've had several surgeries yeah. on the knees. The the within the the scope of the last procedures that I had, the micro fracture was where I where I just lost explosion, and when I couldn't like you know. I was never just, you know, one of these speed rusher guys or anything anyway, but it was my quickness. I, I had I had great power, like good ground-based power mm-hmm. and, and exceptional quickness just for my size. Like I could get in and out of my movements. I was really sudden as an athlete. Once I got to the point where I could feel it, and then once I started seeing it on film, like I'm I'm trying to set a guy up up the field. And when I'm making that counter move, that I'm just I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. I'm just not moving like I was, and I could just feel the discomfort coming Pretty quickly. I got, I got about a week into a training camp one year, and I just said, you know what? I'm, I was 28 years old, and I said, nah, I just – I remember, I was watching. I can picture it clear as day. Just I, I got a, a very visible image in my head of watching myself on film and got ice on both knees and just said, I'm, that, that's not me. That's I'm it. looking at myself on film. That is just not me, and I'm hoping it's going to come back. And I got a little over a week into a training camp one year. I said, no, nah, it's not – it's not coming back. I spent the entire offseason rehabbing, getting back into the best shape I could get into. My knees felt crisp at first, then got about a week in, said, nah, this is already going south real fast. And it's just, it's not working anymore. So I hung him up at that point. That's tough, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a harsh reality to have to deal with. But mm-hmm. when you're playing professional sports at that level, sometimes that's just what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully uh, Zach Levine can continue to stay on this path. And, maintenance, you know, he's, man. Hopefully maintenance. He's not there. He's, he's being yeah. smart about it. It's, it's about maintenance. All right. Uh, we will have an opportunity to discuss some more sports on the other side as we wrap this thing up. And you don't mind a little Twitter time, do you? I'm about it, man. Yeah. Let's do it. A little pop culture, a little sports. What have you missed going on in the Twitter sphere? We'll discuss on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron right here on 670 The Score. I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only know one and know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, chirp. Here with Anthony Heron, and it's funny, Ant, I don't know if you remember this. I said ass on Bears Unleashed. I noticed that. I know you did. And I, I did. I literally was looking at the camera as I was on camera, <laughs> and I was just so comfortable, and it came out, and I was like, this is not the score, you idiot. You cannot say that here. But I just rolled with it. Nobody said anything to me. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, I caught that. It's like, damn, I said ass on Fox 32. <laughs> Anyway, you could catch our show, Bears Unleashed. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Bears yeah. Unleashed Friday and Saturday at 9.30 on Fox 32. Myself, Anthony Heron, Cassie Carlson. We do a good job talking about our Bears. And Did anybody else notice fun. that? Any of our bosses uh, hey, man. take note? Uh, you asked for forgiveness, not for permission. <laughs> so I was living, living that fine line right there. They know who I am on that damn show. Whew, I was nervous. I, got, I, was, I was real nervous. I thought I thought I they were, real quick. I, I was like, is everybody about like, to come get him? Wrap it up. All right, ain't nobody coming to again. get him. I guess we're good. <laughs> I think it's okay, though. <laughs> All right, uh, it is a time to do to talk about what's going on in the Twitter world, man. A little bit of pop culture, a little bit of sports. And, you know, we'll be doing that exact same thing next Tuesday. Anthony Heron mm-hmm. and I at Emile's Tavern on Center, located at 161 Center Street in Grays Lake. We're going to be broadcasting live from 7 to 10 right here on 670. The score, we're going to be giving away Bears tickets. we got some other prizes. As Adam Staszynski will tell you, we have an on-field experience. 
next year, though, to go ahead and get on the field and check that out. It's all brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. Again, that's next Tuesday. All right, here's your first tweet. This one from Daniel Greenberg, one of my favorites at Shy Sport Updates. Said Miami Dolphins safety Javon Holland on playing against Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Quote, that MFR was on game breaker the whole time. <laughs> you got to have moments like that, right? Cause you got to right. appreciate the other side of the ball and what's happening. And when you're experiencing, I want to say greatness, but yeah, I guess it is greatness because yeah, he broke man. a record, right? At least for one game, no doubt. Now, is, does that mean he's one of the greatest of all time? Not yet, but that day, that was greatness we saw. He was game breaking, man. That's right. Chirp, uh, chirp. Uh, this is one from ABC7 Chicago. Election results. Governor J.B. Prisker has won a second term as Illinois governor defeating Republican Darren Bailey, the Associated Press reports. It was one of those things where, like, Illinois and their governor situation has been so bad for so long. Mm. How could you how could you not reelect J.B. Prisker? <laughs> and I'm not even trying to get political, but I'm mm. just like, it, 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 you just you were like, dude, everybody's wasting their time trying to go up against J.B. Prisker right now. And again, not trying to be political and choose sides. I'm very yeah. apolitical in that sense. Yeah. But you were just like, yeah, bro, who? What devil's out there trying? Budget got balanced. I think that's normally a good thing, right? We've been like in the in the red for like two decades, and then JB comes in. He probably pumped some of his own money in there, but hey, he got it balanced nonetheless. (laughs) That's all you really care about, right? There we go. Um, This one from at Lake Show. It says, "Okay, Laker season is officially over." It is a a screenshot of Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker. Dunking over the Lakers, and and you just you look at that team, and it's one of those things. You know, you feel this way when you get older, and you go to the like play pickup ball, or you know maybe at the tail end of your you know football career, mm. and you think you got it, but then you see these young guys that are just that much more energetic and athletic, <laughs> and you're like, damn, like where did these guys come from, and where do? And I think that's what the Lakers are experiencing right now. There are just other teams in the league that got guys that are sharpshooters that can jump out the gym, that have, you know, that passion and desire just more than the Lakers thing. What, what do you think about that Lakers team, Ant? I, I think they got LeBron and AD, and they got their one ring in L.A., and Russ is, is not doing a whole lot. And, uh, you know, right now a lot of folks just waiting around for LeBron to break the scoring record. I think that's yeah. the main thing for Lakers fans to tune in for. That's the one thing that they do have to tune in for, and that'll be the end of that one. Chirp, chirp. All right, Buster. This one for Buster at underscore ESPN. (laughs) AJ Pollock is declining his $13 million option for the 2023 season with the Chicago White Sox. He receives a $5 million buyout instead and now becomes a free agent. I don't hate that. I think Sox fans, myself included, expected a lot more from AJ Pollock. I mean, you heard so many, like, stories about his legend that existed on the West Coast. And then you you wanted that. You saw it in spurts, and people would say, oh, he's going to go on a streak and – you know, win you seven games in a row just by himself with his bat, but you didn't necessarily see it. And I wonder if it was like a chemistry thing. I mean, I think that the roster needs to be retooled. It needs to be tweaked. And if he's not going to be a part of it, you're not necessarily losing a lot based off the the season that he was expected to really deliver for you. So in the end, it's just it's a spot that you can fill, and you know you got to adjust the roster. I got you do. Chirp, chirp. This one from Shamrocked. Money. This is a quote from LeBron James at his press conference the other day saying, I remember talking to Lil Wayne in 2008. He was working on a song called A Thousand. I was the one that told him to upgrade to a milli, and the rest is history. <laughs> now, this is going off of people. Like, you, you can always find some hate on LeBron James, but mm. this is what saying, like, LeBron has a bunch of white lies out there. 
And then, so then people are just adding to that narrative where he just throws things out there. And that would be funny. Uh, are you a big fan of Lil Wayne? I and, mean, nah, not really. Not I had nothing against him, but uh, okay. not really. I, I would have taken you for like a you know Lil Wayne in your headphones to get you hyped up kind of a guy. I don't spend a lot of time getting hyped up these days. What 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 music did you listen to when you were trying to get hyped up? Uh, Buster Rhymes. Oh, okay. Buster well, Rhymes, yeah, DMX. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. That's I feel like they're all in the same kind oh, of cloth. They like, are. Yeah, 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 just that. That's kind of when I quit Which, listening to music. <laughs> when you said <laughs> that thing, I tell the others. <laughs> I get it. Uh, this from Just R Y Cole on Twitter says Dwight Howard should not be finishing his career in Taiwan. Failure by the NBA, man. He deserves better. So he signed with a Taiwanese team because nobody's shown interest. Yeah, I mean. Is the is like the league office supposed to step in and force somebody to? It's just because you know, sign Dwight he's, Howard. He's had that narrative where he's like, I should have been one of the top seventy five players, and you know, I dominated the league, and they they treat me like I'm a bum. I think he just had that weird kind of middle part of his career. That's what I think because he was extremely I, dominant I when he, he played. was. He was dominant defense, rebounding. I mean, he took kind of the the Superman moniker from Shaq and was doing his thing and. He was one of the most popular players in the league for a little while, yeah. and then he just kind of his game didn't evolve, and the league evolved and exactly. kind of left him behind. He tried to get skinny, that didn't work. Then he started yeah. dyeing his hair, that didn't work. Either. Right, that he didn't was, work. You either, know, so. his personality was a little bit odd, and his game just didn't evolve. You know, well, you can't couldn't just be that guy. He was no longer viewed right. as an all time great because his game didn't suit what the league turned into. I maybe won a championship out there in Taiwan. Sure, we'll sure. maybe. Uh, this from discussing film. Keanu Reeves will return as John Wick in the movie Ballerina, which is a spinoff starring Anna de Armas. Really? Who's absolutely beautiful, by the way. Okay. Um, are you a big John Wick fan? Did you watch those movies? So I did watch those movies. Oh, okay. Now, I had a big debate with Lawrence and Dan yesterday because we kind of fell into this discussion of, I don't even know how we went down this road but we started talking about different actors and different movie lines and movie scenes. And I ended up mentioning like Keanu Reeves is is such a a just a regular yeah. actor. He is not an exceptional actor yeah. at all. He's got no range. They thought I was crazy. <laughs> that I was saying, like, I don't know, apparently they think Keanu Reeves is a great actor. Stop he's it. in a lot of really good movies. They probably couldn't he's name five movies. He's he's the same guy in every he's movie. He's the same guy in every, every movie. movie dude. And it's cardboard. Like his best line was when he said, Whoa. In one of the Matrix movies. I think and, it was the same yeah, whoa yeah, like, that he I, said in like Bill and Ted. Whoa. I think I mean yeah, he like you can transfer his characters with like Shane Falco. I think is like the, his best right. actual yes. act- acting job. <laughs> that, that's so good because but, that's that character is, is different than John Wick. And, uh-huh, and, you know, the uh-huh. and, and the reason it turns out the guy Neo. can actually throw is from really? by actor standards. No, yeah. like oh. yeah, yeah, like they they I've watched like the behind the scenes features of that. Like, yeah. They're like, yeah, he can actually throw. Oh, that's pretty tight. again by actor standards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Not, not, know, yeah he's yeah. not going to get signed by a football no. team. I, I brought up I brought up the John movie because I've, I've never made it past five minutes. I watched oh, the movie really? oh, and I fall asleep and I'm just like, huh. dude, I'm not in on this. You gotta, it's, it's a great turn your brain off That's exactly movie. what it That's is. That's exactly what happens. My brain goes off and my <laughs> eyes close. Uh, Alright, uh, we're about to get up out of here. Gotta thank our guests for today. Rob Schaefer, uh, Nicole Auerbach, and of course Josh Schrock for hanging out with us. Want to thank our producer extraordinaire, Adam Szynski, for taking care of all the technical stuff here on the show. Anthony Heron and I, again, will be hanging out next week, Tuesday, at Emil's Tavern on Center yeah. in Gray's Lake. Shot, Broadcasting shot, live. Shot, you shot, ain't going to take no shot. shot. You shot, never drink shot, with me shot, ever, shot, man. Everybody!
Okay, I'm holding you to that. Studs, I want you out there too so we can all drink together. Only if you run. And take an Uber back. All right. Uh, we are out of here. BetMGM Tonight is up next. Guys, enjoy yourselves. For Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Can I finish? Please, can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.